0: All right, here we are with another Daily Constitutional. It is Monday, October eleventh, 2021, and I have a handful of things I want to talk about, and I don't have a long list. The the last one that I did, I think, had like three pages worth of headlines. I'm not going to do anything of that nature, but I'm going to spend some time talking about the things that are on my page. And uh, as I've said before, these are kind of random things. These are uh, pieces of information that I've run across through social media, through the news, things of that nature that have happened within the last few days and for some reason they they caught my attention they caught my interest and there's something that i wanted to be passing on to you and they're not necessarily in any particular order they're kind of random news items all right having said that here we go i'm going to start out right now with something that uh, really disappoints me but then again it doesn't surprise me at the same time and it's actually about the newest james bond and here's the deal you you have to understand where my background is on james bond Um, i was a Sean Connery fan with the Sean Connery, James Bonds, partly because that's where my my first name came from. My parents named me after Sean Connery thanks to the James Bond movies and things of that nature. And so it has been a lifelong heritage for me. I enjoy those movies. They were a little campy. They were nothing. I mean, they were serious drama theater compared to when Roger Moore took over. Those were jokes. Um, do not have any of those films in my collection. I've got... Uh, the Sean Connery ones, minus the Never Say Never Again, and uh, which is just nothing more than a remake of Thunderball. But I have the Sean Connery ones. I like the Timothy Dalton ones. I thought I liked the Pierce Brosnan ones, but in reality, I really didn't. I saw the first one uh, at the movie theaters. with was excited because I was looking forward to Pierce Brosnan being James Bond. And, you know, at the time, in the 90s, he was okay he was he was okay then it got campy almost to the Roger Moore level, but then it got too racy for my take and If you've read the Ian Fleming books and I've read many of them Ian Ian Fleming wrote a character that was not really a nice man uh James Bond was a smoker, a heavy smoker, heavy drinker, heavy womanizer, he was bloody, he was cruel, he was heartless um but that was his character. That was supposed. To, what it was supposed to be. And Sean Connery played him as rough as you could play a character like that in the 60s without it being a rated R movie or an M-rated movie. Then Roger Moore comes on, and he completely devastated any of that mindset. I mean, all of that was gone except for the womanizing. You know, in one movie, he might sleep with three or four different women. And it was just it was ridiculous. It had taken where Connery had gone with it and had gone overboard with it and become just ridiculous and silly. And yet he's made more of the films than anyone. That, that's the hard part about it. Connery had, I think, six. Uh, Roger Moore had seven, I mean, which was unfortunate because his movies some of their ratings were down in the 30's and 40s on his films. They were terrible. They did not do well. Uh, a couple of them did. But I guess that's what kept them holding on to him for the next. I mean, he did all right with his first one. Next couple of ones kind of bite it. He does well with another one. So, oh, well, we'll hold on to him a little while. And then it, and that's how his pattern was. Timothy Dalton, the thing with his is that his were uh, they were more reserved, but they were also a little bit more gritty, compared, especially compared to Roger Moore. They were closer to the Ian Fleming version of James Bond than Roger Moore's had been. And the timing was off, but then you end up, you know, like, of course you go through the Pierce Brosnan and you, he did four films in his, his time. And again, each of those got more campy, more ridiculous, and uh, over sex, too much skin, that kind of thing. Now, I say that in light of knowing that, yes, there was some, some skin in the Sean Connery ones, a couple of those, um, but it was, it was just too loose. It was too raspy, breathy, Madonna-ish for James Bond. Way too much. So you end up with Daniel Craig. And I remember the criticism originally of Daniel Craig was that, well, hold on a second, he's blonde. Well, he's not really blonde-blonde, but he was, he was a lighter-haired one. Who cares? I mean, let's take a good look at the previous Bonds. Really? And he comes in, and in my opinion... He hit the ball out of the park. Casino Royale was a fantastic rendition of Ian Fleming's James Bond for what you could get by with without it being rated R. He did. He did it well. It had a grittiness to it. You saw Bond bleeding. You saw him vulnerable. You saw all the things that you want to see in a character evolve all within the longest at the time, the longest of all the James Bonds. And so I was happy and excited to see Daniel Craig come in and do it and the critics were pretty good with it they were pretty happy with it overall then quantum of solace comes in next and they're not quite as happy with it it wasn't as gritty it was actually the shortest of the bonds at that point so he went from the longest to the shortest but there was something new about this that i liked and fans tend to like it actually continued on the storyline which was something we didn't have really deeply ingrained in any of the previous bond movies they were all pretty independent. You could walk into any of these other films and not get the sense that you're missing a piece of the story. But with Daniel Craig, if you walked into Quantum of Solace, there were some elements missing because there was flashbacks to Casino Royale. There was mentioning of things. I mean the very opening moments of the film requires you to know who Mr. White is. And so there was there was a connecting point and like I liked that. Then you continue on and you have Skyfall, and Skyfall did incredibly well with the fans it didn't do as well box office it sort of but not quite um but i liked it because again it's getting back to the roots of James Bond and it's it's dealing again with relationships and you've got the relationship with M and the introduction of Q and you've got all those things that are going on in that storyline and so it was it was solid it was good you pick up from that and again it picks up from where the other two had been you go to the next one. You go to Spectre, and you begin to piece everything together. You understand the syndicate. Spectre is officially introduced into this whole thing. You get Blumfeld, uh, excuse me, Blowfeld put into this whole thing, and in it's building. And again, you've got characters, you've got motivations, you've got a storyline that picks up from the very first of Daniel Craig's, and continues on. You've got a reason for his bitterness. And you've got a reason for the direction that things have gone in, and you see a very worn very bitter james bond and which fits in with ian fleming and so knowing that they were going to have a fifth one i was excited i was getting all of that and uh, i began hearing reports probably three years ago maybe it may be longer than that at least three years ago i was hearing reports that this is you know they're always looking at this you know what who's going to take it up after this actor leaves and so you were hearing all of these these theories of what was going to happen with James Bond. Who was going to pick it up after Daniel Craig left? And then you find out, okay, this is going to be the fifth and final Daniel Craig, James Bond. So who's going to pick up the the pieces? Well, you started hearing these rumors. You heard rumors of they were going to have a black British James Bond. Then you heard they were going to have a female 007. And then you heard there were all these different things. And then I heard rumors, I guess it was about Two years ago, I started hearing rumors they were just going to flat out kill off James Bond, but keep the 00 status and just replace that person with someone else and possibly replace him with a female 007. wouldn't be a female James Bond. It would be a female 007. And and I'm hearing all that. And I'm going through it in my brain. I'm going, you know what? After 60 years, next year marks 60 years that there have been James Bond movies. After 60 years of the movies, 25 films. I'm okay with him killing off James Bond. That doesn't that doesn't bother me. I'm okay with that ending. I'm less okay with him continuing on with a 00 storyline as if the people want that. Okay, people did not go see James Bond movies to see any 00 British agent. They wanted to see the 007, but they wanted the 007 to be James Bond, and I get that. But I was okay with him making changes. And honestly, after seeing, in my opinion, the best Bond of them all through the Daniel Craig films, with slight exceptions, I understand. But but overall, seeing the best Bond uh, adaptation from the books on screen with him, I was okay thinking, you know what, let's just remove James Bond from the picture. Let's fade him off and let's end it with Daniel Craig. And I was good with that. And... I have to say this right now. I have not seen the new movie yet. I had opportunities to see it early, and I passed on it, mainly, honestly, because of the stupid mask mandates in the theaters. I don't want to sit in a movie theater with a mask on for nearly three hours to watch a movie. I just don't. So there there was that, and I almost went and saw it over the weekend at a drive-in, <laughs> okay, so that I wouldn't have to wear a mask, and then we had storms come through, and then that ended up falling through. Well, then this morning I wake up and I'm reading some of the reviews, the the American reviews. Now the the UK had seen the movie since I think September 30th. They had had a couple of premieres, you know, before that, and there was a there was a, a a level of excitement. There was an enjoyment. They liked it. It was getting good re- ratings over there and all kind of thing. Then it hits the U.S. And then I find out the opening weekend here didn't do so well. I think it got around $52 million or something like that for its opening weekend, which you and I, pff, we could live our lives very comfortably with $52 million. But you have to understand this was the most expensive Bond movie made ever. Two hundred fifty. some claim up to $300 million for the film. Um, some groups are promoting that there was another $250 million spent in advertising. And I'm like, where? Where? I saw a handful of ads on TV a year ago, a couple of posters here or there. I didn't see anything as far as marketing for James Bond. I mean, not anything significant. I mean, they market the latest cartoon better than they marketed Bond, at least here in the U.S. It just wasn't being marketed. But the claim is they spent another quarter of a billion dollars in advertising. Don't know where that went, uh, but that's, that's their claim. So in reality, there's a possibility that you're looking at it half if not three quarters of a billion dollars spent on this movie an opening weekend here in the U.S. is a little over 50 million worldwide 313 million they're they're indicating now that it's going to have to make a billion dollars or more to break even okay not a good weekend opener uh time of the year doesn't help. A delay by a year doesn't help. Mask mandates don't help all of that. So all of those things were working against it. Now, but if you take all of that away, all of that away, here's where I think the biggest problem is with this Bond. And it's sad because it's going to be the last one. And I'm not giving anything away, but James Bond's character kind of has a Batman moment in this one. Uh, the story picks up five or six years after Spectre. Okay, so it's real world for us. It was, it's was it been, you know, five years since the previous movie. Well, it's in the Bond world, it's been five years as well. He's retired, so he's not a 00 anymore. So in this movie, the rumors of the 007 being handed off to somebody else has already happened okay he is not a double o someone else is picking up the double o status you've got money penny in this one and you've got other things that are going on um so they've already began that so that rumor that was building for the last few years is real okay james bond is going to go off into the sunset and i'm okay with that with this being the 25th film um 60 years in in the works with all of this stuff and from from book to, to film I'm okay with all that. But it's getting bad ratings. And part of the reason why it's getting them is because of the way they decided to go out with this. Now, they could have kept this character intact for one more movie. Two hours and 43 minutes is all they had to do. They just had to make a movie that was solid with a Daniel Craig style, finish out the 25th movie the way that we were used to the characters being with the storylines that they had, and move on with a new person. They could have gone with a 26th film, using the 007 with anybody else, and they could have made them transgender. They could have made them a goat. They could have done anything they wanted to do with that character moving on because it would have been a 007 agent, not James Bond. But no, they had to go get woke in this last movie. They had to make the 00, the 007 has to be a woman, which I'd heard rumors was going to happen so I, that doesn't shock me but they did it okay then they go in and they have to throw an element in there they have to throw some political correctness in there which is not political correctness it's insanity it's liberal mental illness is what it is but they had to throw it in there we've had a character we've had Q since the beginning of all of this they had to go and make Q queer they had to make him gay right they had to make him homosexual they couldn't just finish out the last two hours and 43 minutes of the Bond James Bond legacy with everything just being whatever it is. You don't know what his orientation is in 24 other movies, and you don't care. It's not a part of the character. It has nothing to do with the character. But no, they have to add it to the character in the 25th movie. Why? Why? I mean, seriously, why is that important? Why should we care who he gets romantically interested in? He's cute. But no, they had to go there. They had to do it. They have to, uh, quote-unquote, kill off James Bond. They have to replace James Bond with a female agent. And then and, and there are people that are going to be saying, and on top of that, she's a, she's a female agent of color, which I don't have an issue with. But there are people that will have issues with that. Now, if they had tried to make James Bond a, a female James Bond, I would have had problems with that. <laughs> right? James Bond gets a sex change. That would have been an issue. But they go and hand off the 007 to uh, to a female character. And I'm okay with that. Again, they can do what they want to with that. But you don't have to make Q queer. You don't have to. And I know that word's not intact for people. But, you know, what's funny is that they don't have a problem using that letter <laughs> in their extremely long, full alphabet of mental illness codes Um, they don't have a problem making... I don't don't care. Again, I don't care any of that. Now, if they decided to have James Bond suddenly be gay, then it wouldn't fit with any of the storylines in the other 24 movies. It wouldn't fit with any of the books. It wouldn't fit with any of that structure. But it wouldn't have surprised me really that much. But here they go. They go to ruin all this stuff. And... As a result, a part of this, they're having a bad marketplace. And I'm, I'm not saying it's directly related. I think part of it is the other things. I think part of it's the mandates. Part of it is uh, the time that it comes out. The fact that people were excited a year ago, but then another year has gone by. People aren't going to movie theaters like they used to. The movie ticket prices are insane. Theaters that you used to spend 5 or $6 in, you're now spending 12 and $14 in. And you're being required to sit 18 feet away from other people. Uh, and I exaggerate that to an extent, but they're all in little pods of two now. That you're, and you're required to wear your mask the whole time that you're in there. And people have, particularly because of COVID in the last year, people are used to being home. <laughs> people are used to sitting in the comfort of their own living room watching their movies. And uh, when you can have a seventy-two inch TV or a sixty inch TV in your home with surround sound. And you can sit in the luxury of your own home and watch something. Why in the world would you go to a movie theater where you have to distance yourself from other people and you have to wear a mask over your face for three hours? Okay. So all of that takes into place. And then on top of that, you've got to watch a character that you've watched your entire life. You may have read the books or whatever, but you have a character that you've been involved with all this time. And the figures that are related to this character are all being switched around and re manipulated, all as a part of a swan song. So instead of ending the 25-movie franchise in a traditional James Bond method, in an Ian Fleming method, they had to go in and screw it up and try to be woke about it. And it's sad. It's really, it's very sad. It's sad because I like the Daniel Craig ones. I was looking forward to this final Daniel Craig. I wanted to see a good exit for the character. And I wanted to see one that didn't tell me that we're living in the real world. I wanted to see one that was still gritty and kind of real worldish, but not using real people, okay? Not using real scenarios. Now it doesn't help that this one also centers around a virus that's micro programmed for particular people. And so you know, it, it doesn't help that they created this movie, which by the way was created in script form a couple of years before the movie was produced, right? So they were creating a pandemic related, programmed virus-related storyline before COVID happened. And the conspiracy theorists could go crazy with that if they want to, but it's not something new. We've been hearing this and seeing this in movies for decades. And uh, But anyway, this story centers around that kind of thing. The weapon is more virus than it is anything else, which, again, is not a great way to end James Bond. But here we are. They do it. I mean, at least it's not... It's a Russian hoax. I mean, at least it's some other, you know, thing. But it's supposed to pull us away from the reality around us and yet still feel real in its own way. But instead, they 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 threw us into the deep end of what our current world is really like and threw in the political correctness of the current world that we're in so that instead of escaping from reality, we're being submerged into it in a James Bond movie as a swan song to his character. Okay enough I, I move on from there and I've, I've spent almost 20 minutes talking about that and it's but it is insane and it does bother me so i'm going to move on now sticking with the idea of the mandates what's interesting is you know you're you're seeing uh businesses are releasing people in not just in you know twos and threes or dozens they're releasing them in hundreds and thousands at a time throughout throughout the nation and I mean, this is the business end of it. They're they're releasing 500 people here, 1,200 there, or whatever from these different companies, all because they refuse to take the vaccine. Okay? Then the next element's going to The media, they're trying their best to keep this quiet, but they can't. It's too large. Now you're getting huge walkouts of people. Southwest Airlines alone has had 1,800 employees walk out. They're gone. Again, because of the stupid mass mandates and the vaccines and the, all that crap. There's left. And so you've got entire flights being canceled, long, I mean, to the tunes of hundreds, if not thousands of flights being canceled. In fact, I'd heard something more around, around 2,000 flights had been canceled because they don't have the pilots and they don't have the staff because they've walked out because those companies are stupid and they want to mandate a vaccine. And so the people are leaving. If it was just that, it would be bad enough. But it is larger than that. The FAA has had large numbers of air traffic controllers walk out. (laughs) So even if you had the pilots, you don't have the controllers to control the flight patterns of the planes that they would be piloting. That's just one industry. You've got parents suing to the tune of what is it two hundred million in one I don't know two hundred million I think in one one school district. you've got parents and communities suing school districts right now for the the garbage that's in there, either mandate stuff or the sexually explicit content that is in the curriculum or in the libraries and things like that. so they're they're doing all those kind of battles. All of that's there here's where it's rough and that all of that by the way does add to why the numbers were so low when it comes to the job numbers for september because no matter how many new jobs are created you've got to subtract the growth of people leaving positions either voluntarily or not you've got to allow the increase of unemployment has to be removed from the numbers of the job creation. Hence the reason why the numbers are so low. Not only are they not creating enough new jobs, they're emptying out the seats of the old ones and people aren't filling them. And people aren't filling them because the companies are requiring them to do things that they ethically will not do. And I've, I've said this before in my own situation. I'm an educator. I've been doing education for 14 going on 15 years. But I'm currently not in a school. And part of that is because they don't want an old, white, conservative, male, Christian teacher in these schools. They're concerned that I'm not going to teach the curriculum they want me teaching or teach it from the perspective they want me to teach it in. They're concerned that I am a risk to the system they're trying to put into place. So they don't want me. They really don't. It's hard to find a school that doesn't have some kind of a a CRT, heavy, saturated, addicted staff. They want to teach that the white man is bad. They want to teach privilege of certain groups. They want to teach that everybody, other than whites is run down and chased off and is being abused by the system and they they're going back to the 70s idea of you know the man wants to keep you down and the man isn't they're wealthy the man isn't the company the man now is anybody that's white and so it's it's hard it's hard to be in an education system on top of the fact again mask mandates vaccines all that stuff that's going on, which is keeping the schools from getting new people in it as well. So it's hard. So I'm, I'm between those situations right now, and I'm not happy with that. And people talk, about, well, you're just going to have to do something else. You're just going to have to change careers. Well, that sounds great and all, but take what you do and suddenly tell yourself, what would I do if I wasn't doing this? And then go and look that job up and see how many opportunities there are for that job. And you may be one of those few that goes, oh, you know, what I'd really like to do really is being looked for. Well, then go do it. What I enjoy doing is educating. But that's the one area that they almost don't even want to call on me for. And they certainly don't want to do a face-to-face with because they go, oh, he's an old white guy. They look at my resume and they go, oh, he's got a minister degree oh he's got two of them oh wow now granted he's taught for 14 years yeah but he's got those ministry degrees he's not going to want to look at things the way that we want our teachers looking at him yeah but he teaches english yeah but see he's not going to want to cover the material the way we want him to cover see he's going to want to cover stuff like shakespeare yeah maybe well, maybe not. Maybe he won't like Shakespeare. Yeah, but see, he's not gonna—he's not gonna want the 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 people of color type of literature. He's not gonna talk about diversity. He's not gonna—he's not gonna understand them. He won't get them. He doesn't have any culture. He just has privilege. And that's those are the kinds of conversations, in a roundabout way, that they're having. And so here's where we are. So. You're seeing empty, classrooms. You're seeing a de- degradation taking place of the education level and that's why you're seeing teachers retire it's why you're seeing them leave That's why you're seeing classrooms that are overfilled um, you know, there's issues there's a lot of issues going on there and it doesn't help that you're having these mandates that are being put on, on all these different levels for things and it's keeping people from being employed and it's kept me from seeking out some other position out there too because you can't live on minimum wage, sorry, and I'm not fighting for $15 an hour. I qualify for more than a $15 an hour job. The problem is those jobs, for the most part, don't want me right now. (laughs) I don't fit the profile they want. See, it's not that I'm not qualified. I am. I mean, I qualified for management, upper management. I was with management with FedEx. (laughs) I've done those things. Um, I've run teams of people. I've run branches of offices. I've done those kinds of things in the past. I don't want to go back into that line, but even if I did, they don't want me. They don't want me because I'm anti-mask. I'm I'm not pro-vaccine. Um, Again, I'm white, I'm male, I'm middle-aged, I'm conservative, I am Christian. They don't want any of that. So I'm already witnessing that the shove-out is happening. So traditional methods are having to be changed. And I know it probably, again, feels like I'm chasing a rabbit, but I'm really not trying to. I'm just indicating people have had enough. And people that it may not be affecting your industry yet, but just wait. It will. It will. And if the the thought is, well, I may not be able to get a full-time position somewhere, but I'll just get some kind of a part-time somewhere, it's the part-time positions that are even more mask-mandated, even more vaccine-mandated than any of the others. If you go into a food service place, you're going to be wearing masks all day. If you're going to go into a retail, you're going to be wearing masks. You're going to be in all of that stuff. And if you're against all of that, if you have a problem with all of that, you're not going to get a job. You're not going to get a job. And... Not anything that pays anything, and you you're going to have to work forty hours a week in order to get half of what you were getting in a decent position before that. But again, COVID, 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 and it's not about the disease; it's about that word and what they have done with it. Now, speaking of words that are being twisted around and manipulated, and all those different things that are happening uh we know the trend has been happening at uh the it started out with the college games now it's in the professional games and it's happening in other events and things you know the whole uh ever lovely warming endearment being stressed out to our current potus uh at all of these sporting events and then you've got the modification of it which is let's go brandon And and that one now has taken even more steam because you can say that in all kinds of environments. You can wear the shirts, you can scream it out in a crowd, and it's not considered offensive, although it's intended to be offensive. And it goes back to the old adage of people talking about how, you know, you shouldn't say bad words. Well, if you use other words to substitute for those words, you really mean the same thing. So it's not really the words that you're speaking, it's the sentiment behind them that is offensive. And So technically, let's go. Brandon is just as offensive as the other phrase that it started out as. Um, But it's more acceptable in a general crowd. And uh, you're going to have kids shouting it out as well. And I am not for us speaking that way about our president. Because I wasn't that way. I did, did not support that, did not care for that. I found it to be insulting when we were doing it. We, not me, when society, some people in society were doing it to President Trump. And I didn't like it when they were doing it to Bush. And I honestly didn't like it when they were doing it to other people, you know, in local figures as well. I don't like that. I don't like that that's what we're doing. If all you're doing is screaming out vulgarities about your elected officials and not doing anything about it, you're just wasting your breath. But the Let's Go Brandon thing has become a marketing sensation and it's gained new ground and it is a way of doing it without people going well you're just being offensive i can't believe you're saying that about the president well they're not saying anything offensive what they mean behind it is offensive okay but what they're actually saying isn't offensive so it's it's a it's interesting to see that that is out there And I don't think it's going away anytime soon. It may be replaced with something else, but it's not going away. But I find that interesting, and I just thought that I would bring that up because it's it's growing into an actual merchandise-laden uh, environment. And I I don't know. It is a little humorous in its own way. People are fighting back in their own way. They just need to fight back in the school board meetings. They need to fight back in the political arenas. They need to fight back in their work environment. That's where they need to be doing it. You need to be fighting to regain control over these areas that we've been losing control in at a very rapid pace here just in the last few months let alone in the last few years okay moving on from there speaking of losing ground in a lot of areas you know one of the things that i ran into i guess it's been probably i don't know four or five years since i've been in a target um and i say that that's not true i think i've been in a target twice maybe in the last two or three years but as far as using them on a regular basis, being a regular customer in a Target, it's been probably five five plus years. And part of that is because they were the first to jump into the bandwagon of the unisex bathrooms and the unisex changing rooms and, uh, uh, and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, it's just it's just too much. It's not necessary. I mean, it's... <sighs> And here's where my rant is, and I'm going to use gay marriage as an example of this. Marriage, by its very definition, regardless of what culture you're a part of and what religion you're a part of, marriage traditionally throughout the centuries has been defined as a man and a woman combining legally okay, in a union. It, By definition, that's what it's been. Now, if you want to have a woman and a woman or a man and a man legally connect with each other in a binding tax related type of an environment you can call it something else if you want to but you cannot really call it marriage by the definition of the word marriage and it predates even marriage from a biblical perspective marriage predated israel okay so it is not even a jewish concept it's not even a hebrew concept it was something that was already occurring in society throughout the world And it's been defined that way throughout the world. Now, there have been groups that have chosen to have multiple spouses, but even at that, you've got one man marrying multiple women or one woman marrying multiple men. It is not one woman marrying multiple women or one man marrying multiple men by definition. It's really a 20th, 21st century kind of thing where they're trying to redefine it and say, well, we want to be married too. Well, okay. If you want to have something that's called a common law, you know, union between you, that's fine. But don't call it marriage because, by definition, the word itself implies male and female. Go back as far into your history as you want to. Now you redefine it, but that's redefining. That doesn't mean that's what it meant. It means what you've come to make it mean. So just be honest with yourselves about that. You're not. You weren't denied a right to something, if by definition, that something wasn't offered to anyone anywhere before. (laughs) Right? I mean, being denied something is when you see a group over here gets to do something, but I don't get to do it. Now, because there are states that have chosen to redefine marriage, there are people that can look in one state and look at people in another state and go, well, they have an option to do something that I didn't have an option to do. And so my rights are being, you know, taken away. Well, no, those rights only exist because somebody else out there decided to redefine it. But having said all that, I go back to Target, and you had equal restrooms. Okay, You, you couldn't go into a Target and find only a men's restroom or only a women's restroom. You had men and women's restrooms. You had men's and women's changing rooms. Okay. You had all of that. And you had themed aisles for toys. And I, I say it that way. They were themed aisles. You didn't walk down an aisle and it, had, it said above it, girls' toys or boys' toys. It didn't say that. You went down an aisle that was loaded with pink Barbies and you knew it was the Barbie aisle. You went down an aisle, at least when I was a kid, and you saw it loaded with Star Wars stuff, you knew it was a Star Wars aisle. It didn't say toys for boys. It didn't say toys for girls. It said nothing above it, other than maybe it might may have said Barbie aisle, or it may have said Star Wars aisle. Okay? So, what you want, you go down that aisle. You've always had that option. I've never once seen it roped off. I've never seen anybody ever say, nope, nope, you're a little boy. You cannot go down this aisle. Or, no, nope, only boys in this aisle, no girls. That's never been there. Okay? So you've always had that equal opportunity, just like going back to the whole thing about couples marrying or living together or whatever it is. You're not being denied a right because no one was ever given that right in the first place. You go into a Target, you go down a toy aisle, you pick out the toys that you want. It has nothing to do with what gender you are as to whether you can pick up that toy, walk out of that aisle, and go to the checkout. It never has anything to do with that, and it still doesn't. The target was among the first to start taking away particular traditional colors from aisles and mixing toys together and doing all that kind of stuff with an intention of trying to degender the toy section. Okay? And so that was kind of my last straw. It's like, you know what, I'm not I'm not gonna do this. I'm I'm just not. I mean it's not necessary. If a kid wants to go down to one aisle and pick one-up toy and go down another aisle and pick up another toy, they can do it. You don't have to intermix everything together just for the purpose of just intermixing it. It's not necessary. They have the freedom to to move among the aisles. You don't have to intermix at all. If you're going to do that, why don't you just color-coordinate all the games, too? All the green-boxed games go on this shelf and all the yellow-spot games colored uh games go on this shelf and uh, this is i mean because it's just that it's that stupid you go in you look for what you want you grab it off the shelf and you go to the checkout that's it it's real simple there was no confusion for the kids either the kids knew if you wanted the star wars tours you went down a particular aisle if you wanted the games you went down a particular aisle if you wanted the bicycles you went down a particular aisle if you went to the Barbies, you went down a particular aisle. You knew this is where you went. And it wasn't because it was oh, girls only or boys only. It was because this is where they put all the Star Wars toys. Period. And it'd be mixed in with all kinds of other figures. It may even be mixed in with little pony figures. But it's all action figures on that aisle. That was fine. It was always that way. It was. It's no big deal. Okay, But now they've gone in. And, and again, it was all independent businesses choosing to do these things and if you didn't want to partake in those things you didn't have to go to those stores and that's what happened with me with target walmart tried to do their version of it you know and they started trying to mix things up a little bit too and it didn't work well now forget about the businesses doing it okay and here's one of the the ramifications of you California people holding on to Gavin Newsom okay you may not have liked Larry Elder you may not have liked the other democrat choices so you held on, you didn't recall Gavin Newsom, and as a result of that, he's got a new level of power and fire, and he's now doing a new level of stupidity. He's locking you down even further. He's mandating more things in your life now, and you have yourselves to blame for it. You could have recalled the guy and had somebody else come in and leave things alone. That's what's funny about it, okay? Okay. <laughs> Larry Elder would have, I mean, at least him. At least with him, even probably even the other Democrats. But at least with Larry, you know, you know he would not have done this. And here's what Gavin Newsom is down now with his new power. He has he has now decided to create a mandate in the toy aisles in California, where you now have gender neutral toy aisles. You have to. It's a mandate. Now. What does the governor of the state have to do with that? Why would they need to mess with it? They don't. They don't need to. And for those of you that are afraid of what you might get, if you put somebody else into that position, I just, I can't take this. I can guarantee you Larry Elder would not have gone in and mandated something in your state for toy aisles. We can agree on that. (laughs) he would not he wouldn't be messing with your toy aisles. he wouldn't care about your toys you could do whatever option you wanted to if you if if your target and you wanted to do gender neutral go for it he wasn't going to tell you you couldn't do it but now the governor that you've kept in is saying that yes you have to create gender-neutral toy aisles because apparently the kids are just stupid otherwise So there's that. Now, on the realm of stupid things that people do, uh, I'm going to pull a couple out now. I don't even know if I want to cover this one. I won't be able to cover it to its entirety, and I know I won't. And so I'm never going to try. Not going to do it. Um, Ivermectin. Ivermectin. You may not even recognize the name Ivermectin. You would know it more. Uh, people were screaming and shouting a few months ago, claiming that uh, it was a uh, it was a horse drug. It was a, an animal drug. It was something that veterinarians were were giving um, their animal patients. And yes, there is a version of Ivermectin that is given to animals, but there's also a version that is given to humans and has been for decades and it just so happens that like hydroxychloroquine it actually seems to deter the creation or the submission of your body uh, into the covid virus seems to help it helps keep it from happening or helps you recover from it when you get it something to that effect ivermectin and news report came out uh, just a few days ago that was referring to documentation that shows that roughly half of Congress, half of D.C., these political people that we claim as our representatives, apparently they've been taking ivermectin for a long time. <laughs> they've been doing ivermectin treatments for a long time, hence the reason why they're not getting COVID. Okay? You notice most of them aren't coming down with it. For some reason, they don't get it. But they've been taking ivermectin. And some of them probably have been taking hydroxychloroquine as well and other things, you know, uh, Regeneron. And who knows what they've been taking. They're not going to tell us. But they've been taking it, but they've been telling us that we shouldn't. They've been promoting this idea that it's not safe, that it's not good. And on top of that, now they've they've done even more than that. They forget about the bags and bags and bags of uh, fentanyl that's coming across our borders be it northern border southern border wherever it is coming through the airports whatever forget about that customs isn't looking for that they don't give a damn about fentanyl nah we don't want to mess with that but if you happen to be carrying any form of packages that have ivermectin in it uh or hydroxychloroquine in them then we're going to seize those and that's exactly what was is happening in chicago they just did a seizure of uh, these totally safe packages of uh, ivermectin. They're going to stop you for that. But the fentanyl could come in in buckets. And the people in Congress can take it. You just can't have possession of it in, through the customs area. It's not an illegal drug. It's a legal drug. But they're seizing it because they don't want you getting access to it. They want you to get sick while well, they stay well. They want that. And like we've said before, you cannot mess the system up as fast as it's being messed up accidentally. The things they do are intentional. Intentional. And this is just proof of that. You have a safe drug out there that people are using for all kinds of things, okay? And it's not unlike the hydroxychloroquine. It was being used, okay, for all kinds of things, malaria and all that kind of stuff, for decades. But then you couldn't find it, so people who were suffering from those things... They couldn't find their medicine anymore. They couldn't get their medicine or it was extremely expensive all of a sudden because they wanted to take it off the market because people were using it for something else that it was working on. So all those people who were using it for pre-existing conditions in other areas and it was allowed for, they suddenly couldn't get access to it. Not unlike 2020 when they started shutting down the hospitals and so you had people that were cancer patients that were trying to get treatments, you had heart patients that could not get into the hospitals, you had all this stuff that was being shut down. All these people could not get access to medical care because of the item that 99 point whatever percent of the people were surviving from was out there. So people were dying from cancer. People were dying from their standard flus. People were dying from all these other things. They weren't getting their chemo. They weren't getting all their things because of this. And now people that were going to be dying from other things they've used ivermectin to treat, they're not going to be getting access to it. That'll be the next thing now. So you'll see. And they're just going to add those deaths to COVID deaths. And the funny thing is, is that, you know, you used to argue, you know, those aren't COVID deaths. Actually, they are. They're COVID deaths in the sense that they are deaths that are created because of the nonsense of COVID. So they are COVID-related. <laughs> These people aren't dying from COVID. They're dying because of COVID. That makes sense? All right. Now, moving on from there, I'm going to touch on a couple of issues. Uh, and I know I'm going about 45 minutes at this point. I'm going, to, I'm going to touch on a couple of issues that are related to each other. Um, that are a little frightening. I've covered this in videos in the past. I've covered this in podcasts in the past, and I highly recommend that you go back and watch my one-word religion uh, items on the the two parts on Catholics, because and if you're a Catholic, if you're a member of the Catholic Church, I I'm not I'm not striking at you directly when I make these comments i'm striking at the leadership within your religion and i say it that way because i am under firm belief based off of the historical information and you can go back and do your own research as well and former catholics can say this as well because many of them have researched the same thing catholicism is something that was created after christianity was started catholicism is not the origin of christianity It is a spinoff between Judaism and Christianity. It is Romanized Judaism. And so therefore, I do not refer to the Catholic Church as the Christian Church. You may share some of the same beliefs, but many, many, many of the things that falls under the Catholic faith and doctrine is not biblical. Biblical. It may be traditional because you've always seen it and you, you've seen it within the church that told itself and told us that it was the Christian church, but you will not find scripture to back these things up, many, many of these things, unless you go back to Old Testament and you're racing it off of Judaism. So I say that to say this. The Catholic Church, the leadership within the Catholic Church is, and I'm not saying 100%, but on average, the Catholic leadership is immoral, and some of them are downright demonic. Now, you can say the same thing about some of the Protestant churches as well. You see scandals almost every day in Protestant churches, in Protestant ministries, so I I understand, but now there are people that could argue, and I could argue it as well, that the Protestant faith is is also not the original christianity (laughs) the protest was of the catholic church so you had christianity then romanized judaism that became catholicism and then you had a protest within catholicism that produced the protestants okay that's all a different time frame that is not from the original time frame of christianity so there are arguments to be had, and yes, there are there are there are wrong, there are demonic things that go on in Protestant churches as well in Protestant uh, ministries. And, and remember, understand what I'm saying here. When I say Protestant here, I'm talking about anything that's considered under the umbrella of Christian that is not Catholic. Okay, and so under the Protestant umbrella would be your Baptists, Episcopalians, your Lutherans, your all of those. Okay. All of your denominations that are non-Catholic fall under Protestant. Okay? And there are ministries and leaders within the Protestant side of all of this that are evil and wicked and deceptive in it as well. Okay, Catholic Church, though, seems to be the one that people are the most aware of and There seems to be so much evidence of it moving around. I say all of that to say this. Here's the two headlines that are related to the Catholic Church, the first of which is there's a Catholic cathedral in Colorado that was vandalized, apparently, recently. I don't know if it was over the weekend, but it's been recently. It was vandalized with the words, Satan lives here. Okay? Okay. And, you know, people are arguing about it. Why they, Why does it say that? Well, maybe it's because there's some evil stuff going on in that particular cathedral. Hmm. That would be where my money would go if I was a betting man. Yeah. Maybe they know something. Maybe Satan does live in that, that cathedral that just happens to be Catholic there in Colorado. Now, you t- couple that in with the next article. There is a Catholic-owned hospital... And I apologize, I do not know where this one is located. I I should have looked that up, and I didn't. There's a Catholic-owned hospital, though, that has just denied over 600, around 650 of their employees. They've just denied these employees religious exemptions from taking the COVID vaccine. Okay, so you have a supposedly religious hospital that's refusing religious exemptions. (laughs) <laughs> okay so it's like hmm okay uh, that doesn't make any sense to me but that's exactly what's ever happening but the catholic the catholic owned hospital is refusing uh, people getting around taking the vaccine for religious reasons so if you're catholic or not catholic for that matter but you want to work for this hospital you're going to have to be vaccinated even if it's against the very faith that you're taught by the people who own the hospital. So what does that tell you about what the faith is that they really believe? Do they really believe what they say they believe, or do they believe something else? And you can say that in any church. If you, if the church that you attend is requiring you to wear masks, or if you're employed there, they're requiring you to be vaccinated, get out of that church. They don't have a right to do that to you, and it's foolishness. It's it's flat out foolishness, and, and I'm being polite about it. Any church that falls into that, it's a problem. You've got a false prophet at the at the helm of that church. That pulpit has a false prophet sitting at it. And I'm not going to argue anything beyond that. When the end times come, and the serious stuff really hits, and we're close, I believe, because you're already seeing where you're being isolated out from doing things if you don't fall under a certain guise. It's going to be that way for everybody who claims that they are a Bible-believing Christian. If you don't take their mark, you will be denied everything if you're in a church right now that is telling you that if you don't do this if you don't do that you cannot come here you're in a church that when the end times come will give in they will promote you giving in they will help you get the mark you don't want to have anything to do with that church And you could say, well, it's just the current leadership right now. No, you need to get out of that church because the people who got that minister into that position, who accepted that minister into that role, are just as much of the problem. And those that are allowing that minister or that ministry to stay in operation are part of the problem. And it is that serious. It really is. Now, speaking of... I'm going to end on this. Speaking of... um, people that are preaching doctrines that do not have the weight that they need to have and yet are getting the audience, there is a figure online, and yes, I'm going ahead and going ahead and bring his name. He's, he's been surfacing pretty heavily here recently, and I don't know how long he's been out there, but I've just noticed that for some reason I've been getting, uh, I've been seeing his, his videos a lot on Instagram, and he goes by Real Bible Believer with spaces, with underscores between each word, real, underscore Bible, underscore believer. And yes, I'm calling him out by name because I was almost pulled into his content as well. The first couple of videos I saw that he released out there, and he's always at a whiteboard, and he's always throwing his Bible study notes out there, and he gets really detailed. He's very calm about the way he does things. And some of the stuff that he connects, I mean, I can say, yeah, I see that. There's theology that that supports that, and da-da-da-da-da. But what I've noticed is that it's gotten more and more specific about things that I just reported in my 1800's shift video a couple of weeks ago. He is heavy dispensationalist. He is heavy into this idea of a big rapture. He is heavy into the ideas of departmentalization of Bible history. And he's big, and all that stuff, and I tell you this to mark him and avoid him, because his presentation seems simple, seems straightforward, it seems easy to understand, and it is unless you understand the scripture behind some of it, and you go, "Hold on, the Bible does not specifically say this and again, I was there; I spent nearly fifty years of my life between being raised in the church doing both a, I mean, active in ministry in high school, doing all of that kind of thing, being active uh, and having a bachelor's in religion studies, in pastoral ministry, having a master's in theology with biblical languages, and having spent a lifetime on all this. I was heavy, heavily steeped into what I now know was dispensationalism. But I I now also know that based off of, if you go back into the actual scripture, many of those elements don't exist, and you can't go back, even in church history very far, uh, you get into the 1800s and that's when you start realizing, hmm, this is when they started talking about all this stuff. This is when we started writing all this stuff. This is when they started creating Bible studies that were themed with this and study Bibles that had this in their footnotes. And this is when we started spreading this throughout the Baptist faith. And this is when we started spreading it around the Presbyterians. And this is when we started uh, throwing this in and calling it biblical evolution and different things of that nature. And we started drawing it into our re understanding a redefinition or discovering of new meanings in the constitution and all of that is in the 1800s and this guy is preaching 1800s dispensationalism and he does it in a very simple very straightforward easy to understand method and the problem is is that what you understand some of it is not true and so i i end this broadcast with that warning mark him Okay, walk away. All right, I've actually held myself to an hour this time. Amazing, but that's where I'm going to go over this. I'm praying for y'all. I hope you were praying for me. Please show others this or other videos. And until next time, God bless.